0: You are listening to the Lightforge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome back to the Lightforge Podcast. This is Abuka.
1: This is Murps. Let's talk expansion. It's here. Well, the, the announcement of the expansion is here. The expansion itself, uh, you're gonna have to wait a little bit longer on that. But we have news, uh, and we at least know what the name is, and we have some cards. The next expansion is Voyage to the Sunken City, and it launches April 12th. So we do have some weeks ahead. Well, you know, mm-hmm. we, we have, It's a little later than usual. Yeah, we got almost a month until you are able to play the new expansion. But we've seen a lot of cards already. We've seen the mechanics. We can talk about that.
0: Yeah, we could talk about that. And they have said that they will announce the core changes soon. But they haven't announced uh, those yet. And core is going to change. Um, and that's going to have a huge impact. And of course, they're also going to do a new rotation of some sort. And that will have a even bigger impact on what the meta is going to be. So, as is the case with this, this is going to be a huge change to the entirety of the arena. It's always the case with the first expansion of every year.
1: Yep. So remember... Right now, we are only talking about the expansion, uh, the core set changes, whatever they may be. And this is the first time that we're going to see the core, some sort of changes to a core set. Uh, so we don't know, we don't have any precedent for this, but whatever they do decide, it's going to be a huge impact, bigger <clears throat> impact than the expansion even. So when we're talking about this, Um, you know we can discuss a little bit but keep in the back of your head this isn't everything Uh, this Mm -hmm. isn't even most of it most of it is going to be something that the vast majority of hearthstone players won't care about really uh, but will be really really important for us right it's like right now for example you can think about the implications of basilisk and um the uh that other three drop that gains Divine Shield and Taunt on three. Lone Uh, Champion. Lone Champion. And and you can think about, oh, what does that mean, right? How does that impact the meta, et cetera, et cetera. These are things that, you know, we can go in really in-depth about. Uh, The fact that there is a Yeti. There might not be a Yeti in the next expansion, or there might be a Yeti Plus. We we have no idea. Maybe five fours are going to be the new stat line instead of four fives. So we're not talking about that because we can't talk about that. Uh, and just keep in the back of your head that that is going to be even more important than whatever happens in this expansion.
0: Yeah. So just starting off, um, uh, it, it, what Murphs was saying about five, uh, what five four instead of four five, five fives may be the new neutral format. Maybe. Card. Like looking at some of the cars that's going to be released in Voyage to the Sunken City and looking at the cars that were released previously in the in the previous expansion uh, in Altaric, the power creep is here so it would not be too weird if the power creep hit Core as well and in many ways that would be welcome because that will in the arena at least. Because that will create a new line of stability in the arena for uh, for deck quality at least. So uh, we're we're in interesting times here. But let's go on to the mechanics. Uh, th- there's a lot of things being introduced in this set, and of these, there are three major new mechanics features whatever that they highlighted to us. So the theme first of all is a voyage to the sunken city. It's going to be underwater. There's going to be a lot of fish and whatever around and it's all nautical. Um and I hate it, but uh that's a whole separate thing. One thing that you'll find deep in the waters are nagas. They are we we've, we've seen them before from the very beginning uh and I'm guessing they're a Decent part of whatever Warcraft lore Hearthstone is borrowing from. But Nagas are like mermaid kind of people. And Nagas are a new tribe in the expansion. And their little thing, uh, like dragons, is you have to hold in hand. Nagas' thing is if you've cast a spell while holding this, do X. So these cards uh rather than having to have a dragon in your hand for this card to have an effect you would have had to play a spell while you had the the card that uh, gets buffed up in your hand so it's like spell burst but not on the board in your hand so it's an easier to trigger spell burst and it only happens once
1: yeah it's interesting um because w- we can talk about this by uh kind of bringing up some of the the neutral ones and and i think they'll be interesting to talk about um because whenever i was talking about nagas uh with some people in the green goat discord uh one thing that was brought up it's like oh it's just like spellburst well it's not exactly Mm. like spellburst there's extra uh considerations here i mean for example with spellburst what you can do is you can drop spellburst. And then you can play spells afterwards, sometimes on the same turn, a lot of times you can put it off. Um, I think a lot of people aren't really appreciating the fact that you have to play a spell before you play this thing. And for a lot of the way that spells are trending right now, um, there's lots of like you're focused on a lot of big spells. And for you to use some of these spells, especially, for example, do you want to pull up the uh, Neutral Naga, the 4-mana 4-drop? 4-drop? Yeah, yeah the 4-drop. so...
0: Uh, well, I can't pull it up because I don't have that set up. Oh, okay, but, uh, we don't have that set up. The 4-mana common... Yeah, your baseline Naga for Neutral is a 4-mana 4-4 Naga common called Baba Naga. Uh, and it says, Battlecry, if you've cast a spell while holding this, deal 3 damage.
1: Okay let's talk about this because this was revealed last night uh during the big i think it was like 15 card reveal by Redbeard and judge and they did a great job and also uh props to blizzard for doing something like this Mm -hmm. Uh, this is something that um happened last expansion as well and i think we've been saying for years this is just such a great idea why not give these cards to the arena community in which you give us a three mana three four with a tag or like battle cry deal one damage if you just went zero and three or something like that would be ooh. let's discuss uh and no constructed player would care about that it's just a really really good way uh to create excitement for the group that actually would be excited about it Give opportunity to Redbeard and judge and uh it's great so good job to Redbeard and judge uh thank you once again to blizzard i know alkali has been making a huge huge push to do something like this so props to her uh hope we see more of this in the future and i think that Redbeard and judge just absolutely crushed it okay All so right. let's Baba uh, Naga. let's talk about this card right um when this was discussed yesterday as well yeah the the card that a lot of people brought up was like oh fire plume phoenix right and for those of you who forget fire plume phoenix is a four mana three three battle cry deal two damage so this card baba naga gains plus one plus one and you also deal one more damage but you have to cast a spell before then Mm -hmm. we have to remember something if you want to play this on curve which is a if right you don't have to you have to play a spell either on turn one two or three Mm -hmm. now it's very easy when you have the coin right so I like the fact that it's like oh there's extra consideration for having the coin people always complain it's like oh I go second I lose all the time and now it's like oh the coin has extra value it's a neat way to do that but oh man that really changes like how good this Baba Naga is in the early game and also if you uh don't have the coin when are you playing a spell you know like when exactly especially
0: because the uh offering rates for spells are i mean they're actually better now than they were like four months ago but they're still kind of low you're still not like back in the day you would expect to have 10 spells or weapons in your deck nowadays i don't know what they did with the offering rate or whatever but you're expecting to have maybe like six spells in your deck and then you're you're kind of happy with that you oftentimes have lower than that depends on the class of course but on average it's not that good um but when you do have a spell that you play which usually means it's not you've lost a curve turn or you have the coin what happens here with this uh with this baba naga card is it does something that drag um that uh spell burst generally cannot do which is that it is a tempo card yeah because spell burst requires you to put it out and then play a spell to get the effect it's almost always anti-tempo whereas here you may not be able to just put it out, but if you do happen to play a spell, also known as the coin, before you need to play this card or card similar to it, you can get a tempo effect. So in many ways, this card is more like Scale Rider, which is the 3-mana three 3-3 three, three that deals 2 damage if you have a dragon in your hand. So this is a 4-mana four 4-4 four, four, and deals 3 damage if you've already played a spell. Uh, both of these are are bad drops unless you fulfill a condition, and then they become really good tempo cards. And you guys know uh, how good uh, Scale Rider is in this current meta. But we have a lot of dragons in this meta, and you don't have to play a dragon beforehand. Uh, but this, you would all, you would coin before this anyway. So half the time, it's a Scale Rider that's already triggered, but even better. So uh, this wasn't really mentioned last night,
1: and and, and for good good reason. Like it, It's a reveal stream, mm-hmm. n- number one, you want to keep it positive. You want to keep it fast moving. Uh, otherwise, uh, it would take forever. Imagine us reviewing... Fi- well, first of all, <laughs> imagine us reviewing cards ever. But uh, imagine us reviewing 15 cards. We would be here all night.
0: Um, we would probably take the same amount of time that they reveal 15 cards with three cards.
1: Yes, probably. And that's us hurrying. So one thing that I want to be cautious about and we always want to think about because a lot of people... Look at something like spellburst, and they're like, "Oh, you know what? Spellburst was fun in its way, and it was okay. It was fine, right? It didn't like ruin arena." Um, when I look at something like the these naga designs, and i we can talk about other naga cards as well, but like they're very, very sort of like feast or famine. As in, you activate Mm -hmm. it, it's amazing. You don't activate it, let's just take this a four mana four four in today's meta sucks. Like, it's, it's not acceptable. It just really, really sucks.
0: So, um, and, and keep in mind, a 4-mana four 4-4 four, four sucks even more in a normal today's meta. It, yeah. In tomorrow's meta, it sucks even more. Because this current meta actually has a lot of old sets in that's dragging the average power level down, which is one of its problems. In whatever the next rotation is, chances are you're going to have just more better cards.
1: So, Spellburst was in Skullamance Academy. So, which means whenever Spellburst is in, Skullman's Academy is in. You guys might not think about this a lot, but what Skolamance Academy did was recognize that Spellburst was a thing, and therefore they gave a lot of support for spells. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, so, Studies. you had... Yeah, you had stuff like Onyx Mage Scribe. You had class... Um, uh, you, you had class spells that, like, gave... Uh, that were small spells, right? Mm -hmm. So, for example, the studies. uh, You had the wand thieves. You you had all those things that really helped the class get spells so that they can spell burst. And a lot of them were small, right? It's like small cars that got you spells, small spells that got you more spells, all of that stuff. And this is why whenever you think about spell bursts, you're just like, oh, yeah, that was fine. And you Mm -hmm. always have... Not always, but like, yeah, that, that meta, whenever Spellburst was in, was always plentiful and filled with spells. That's because Scholomance thought about that, and they put that in. Now, we haven't seen a lot of the cards in uh, the Sunken City yet, but uh, with su- with an entire feature, Nagas, that rely on you playing a spell from your hand, while the Naga is in your hand to activate this huge effect, just you know, mm-hmm. similar to Spell Burst, I don't see the support there yet. Yeah. Um, and without that support, so what happens after that? You know, we, we have to go down this path, right? If you don't have that, what happens? Historically, the best classes in a meta tend to have the most spells. Um, they have a lot of class cards, and you can certainly point me to like... Uh, You can certainly point me to metas that are very different, right? But historically, the best classes also have like the most class cards and class cards include spells. They have the most spells. Um, I'm definitely a bit worried about this Naga mechanic. Uh, And because there are many differences between the Naga mechanic, uh, the lack of this sort of like... Equ- equity and equality in distributing spells along all of the classes that I saw with Skullamance. And then if you look at just historically what happens in the arena uh, with good classes and class cards and spells, I'm just like, oh man, this could turn out to be problematic. Um, so this is something that I immediately saw yesterday during the stream. And I'm just like, oh i think a lot of people are looking at spellburst and being like spellburst was okay um and therefore i think this is going to be okay as well and i'm just like ah it it just it's it's not exactly the same now look i'm not saying it is going to be bad uh we haven't seen the vast majority of the cards from the expansion yet so they could add in that support they could have like some weird like i don't know they could put in neutral spells i have no idea right uh it could actually be time for neutral spells now um but i think too many people aren't sort of looking at it and and just being like this could be problematic i think too many people are equating it with just spellburst and being like oh spellburst worked out yes. as in it could be toxic but i'm i'm definitely a little bit worried
0: I'm not even looking at it from the Spellburst perspective because I think it has much more similarity with dragons than it does with Spellburst. It's a buff that happens in your hand. It's a hand buff. Spellburst is not a hand buff. Spellburst is a normal synergy. Instead of reading Spellburst, it could read, if you play a beast, do X. It is just a super normal synergy that they wrapped up in a neat little bow and gave it a name. That's all. But this is not a normal synergy. This is a hand synergy. It is a hand buff synergy. It's not the same exact same as dragons, but it has, which gives it in some ways more flexibility and in other ways less flexibility, but that's the effect. The effect is tempo. Or the potential effect is tempo, right? It, it, it's not always going to be tempo. For example, um, another uh, uh, neutral card that was revealed that is a naga and has this effect is a three mana three four, which is you know vaguely on curve these days. Uh, Crush Claw Enforcer Battlecry: If you cast a spell while holding this, draw a naga. Uh, so that is card advantage, but it does give the designers flexibility to make this uh, a, uh, a a tempo play, and we know what happens with dragons. We know what happens with dragons when dragons get support. It's it's always terrible. And that's not just because there are Yseras around and there are Twin Tyrants around. Like, that's certainly a big part of why it's terrible. But even without those cards, a lot of dragons have always been a messy meta because you're getting these super-tempoed, uh, kind of plays that shouldn't be allowed and back in the day it was a problem because you didn't have super tempo plays But nowadays these super tempo plays are super 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 tempo Here is your night captain equivalent right in in neutral and it's a 4 mana 4-4 four, four that deals 3 damage Knight captain is a 5 mana 3-3 three, three that deals 3 damage um, it becomes a 6-6, but again, we keep harping on this. It doesn't do it that often. But this card, if you actually are able to play spells at any reasonable clip, or if you have the coin, this card is as good, if not better, than a Night Captain. Now, that's a big if, right? You have to be in a class that has a lot of spells, or you have to go second. So in reality, I think we're in for a world of hurt if this card's actually better than the Night Captain. We are not going to rate this card better than the Night Captain, I'm almost certain. Haven't done the math that- yeah, there's... but but there's there's almost no chance, right? Um, but that's because it's not you're not going to have a coin all the time. That's because you're probably not going to have the spells. But when you do, it swings the game because it swings on turn four rather than turn five. It can swing the game as hard as Night Captain, and it does it in a wildly unpredictable fashion that's literally determined by whether you go first or second, which is outside of everyone's control. So yes. It's always good to make the coin better because going second sucks. And so, uh, you know, it's not, it, it would have been worse if this was better for going first than for going second. But having this dramatically different effect on power level, uh, is, is, is pretty bad for a meta. It makes it more volatile. It makes it more unpredictable. It makes your, whether you win with a deck, it makes whether your deck is good or bad vary a lot. On coin flips that happen before the match starts. Like none of this is skill, right? Like all this is pure circumstance and When we get into this trouble, which and a part of this problem is what we keep harping on for this prior meta And why it's so bad is that a lot of times you'll have a deck that you think is oh, this is a good deck Well, it's only a good deck if you draw cards A B and C and don't draw card Z If you draw card Z without drawing cards A B and C, this is a terrible deck even though when you just look at it, this is a good deck. Because the difference between Z and A, B, and C have gotten so wide. Well, here, you're adding an additional layer on it, right? Like, even if you see the deck, even if you know you're going to draw the card in the deck, it still not depends on whether you go first or second. Like, you're having, you're you're having adding more volatility to whether a deck that you know 100% information on is even good or not. And it is determined not even by matchup, right? That's another determinant of how good your deck is, is what it's matching up against. This is just another RNG layer on top of it.
1: Yeah, so when Adulta is talking about this is similar to dragons, it's just a hand aspect of it. Dragons are definitely easier to proc because you just have to have a dragon in your hand.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I don't know about that. Um, here, half the time, you-, you get a dragon in your hand immediately on half your games from the start of the game
1: well yeah i mean that requires you to get a dragon but like it doesn't require you to sort of like do anything with the dragon beforehand right here you have to play the spell and then well it requires
0: you not to have played the dragon right but that only applies in very limited circumstances when it comes to exactly
1: yeah um and here it's like if you play your spell because you have to play the spell to trigger your like let's say you have card a that that is a naga and you have card b that is upcoming mm-hmm. right you have to play the spell to trigger a meanwhile with the dragons you could just play a by having a separate dragon, right but right? you're guaranteed
0: you have to have a, a coin in your hand half the time you are not with a dragon
1: right sure but then of course once you use that coin which you are going to early like all the rest of your yes. kind of things later on like you know so um yeah th- there's there's a lot of this like oh how are you gonna wait uh to trigger the thing meanwhile if you guys have played this meta as well, like sometimes you just have a shitty dragon in your hand and I'm going to tell you guys, that that dragon just stays in my hand like not forever, mm-hmm. but maybe like 6 turns and that that's just what I always use to proc my Anixian Warders, to proc my Historians, to proc all of the stuff like it's just creating huge value in my hand and it's probably like the four mana three five dragon right like i just drafted that and it just stays in my hand and i don't have to play it but it's providing huge value because it's activating my historians and enixian warders and that's like oh cool three five you know four drop you're you're doing an insane amount of work right now you don't even know you're just chilling in my hand um and it's certainly different with, uh, with the Nagas. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I don't love this mechanic for Arena. And I can see it being problematic in some ways. I hope it doesn't. Uh, I'm, I'm obviously going to hope that it, it, it doesn't cause too many problems. But, uh, I, 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 like, with the way that it's going, I, I'm very hesitant.
0: I, I don't think I'm very hesitant. I'm more just like pointing out the volatility part of it. Just on the power level, even just looking at this, right? Like we survived Night Captain and we don't think Night Captain's too powerful. Uh, Baba Naga's not as powerful as Night Captain. And the swings that it provides in a modern and like this new power creeped uh, arena is really not going to be so bad. Like it's going to be bad, right? But it's more just a contributing factor than any kind of game changer. So, I'm not really, like, worried for it in the arena, but it is certainly not, like, a great mechanic to have in the arena. Like, Spellburst didn't totally break arena, right? Like, dragons, if you take out the actual individually good dragons, just talk about dragon synergy, did not totally break arena. Uh, both of them, I would argue, were not good for arena. Those were not arena-friendly mechanics. Those, like... Put a weird thumb on the scale for weird things in arena and made it terrible in different ways. Um, but like, but but they weren't like they were not the big problem. Like, if arena had problems during the eras in which these mechanics were dominant in the arena, these mechanics themselves were not the biggest reasons. It was something else. So I'm not like that worried. But it's not like a positive in arena. Like these types of mechanics are almost always like a negative in arena uh, for. For for good players, for players who care about skill, right? Um, okay. Do uh, you have anything more to say about Nagas and this kind of uh, this Naga mechanic? Okay. Let's talk about the next mechanic. The next mechanic is uh, the most amazing mechanic to ever come to the arena. And I say this because I think everybody who has ever played MTG or a bunch of any other card games that have the same exact mechanic have wanted it in Hearthstone. It's so simple, it's so elegant, it's in every other card game, it's not complicated, why is it not in Hearthstone? Um, well, it's in Hearthstone now. Super low-hanging fruit, um, and they finally bit at it. It is Dredge. Uh, Dredge is Scry from Magic the Gathering. Uh, it is a sightless watcher uh from well hearthstone but it is not a class specific skill it is a general skill so a card for example would be a two mana two three pirate tuskar trawler battle cry dredge or four mana three six excavation specialist also a neutral common uh battle cry dredge reduce its cost by one so dredge is not exactly worth it's not just the bonus that's attached to a card. Sometimes it can add a secondary minor bonus to the card. Um, so they're, they're valuing dredge at not doing that much, right? And that's fair because the mechanic is not like super, super game-changingly powerful. But if you don't know what scry is, uh, what dredge does or, and what sightless watcher is, what dredge does is it shows you three cards and then you pick a card and that goes on the top of your deck. More specifically, for Dredge, it shows you the bottom three cards of your deck. This will matter because there's going to be certain synergies put into this set where you are putting stuff in the bottom of your deck, you're adding random cards in the bottom of your deck, your opponent is putting stuff in the bottom of your deck, and then you can Dredge it up, right? But for an arena perspective, 99% of the time won't matter where it's coming from. You are just taking cards from your deck, and you are moving one of them to the very top. Um, and the other two go to the bottom, right? Or they stay at the bottom in this case.
1: So, yeah, uh, it's an interesting mechanic flavor wise and something (laughs) that people have been expecting to see for a while now. It's cool. Uh, it, it introduces, uh, that little bit of consistency, um, it also introduces kind of like a, a, a skill testing factor into it mm-hmm. without like a huge swing uh, at least it's not, a huge not immediate random swing. and it's not random yeah so i like it you know it it it'll present you with those opportunities in which do you take the thing that fits your curve for the next turn or two a little bit better do you pick that big greedy card um and then of course the consideration is like well even if i don't pick the greedy card i should have other chances to dredge right question Mm -hmm. mark uh maybe i don't know will you get to dredge again in the next few turns and then um be able to play the big card do you kind of have to take it now will you survive oh
0: that's fair that's fair i didn't even think about it in that sense but yeah uh a dredge if you dredge multiple times it is very different than scribe because you are not like drawing your next uh your your you know those cards are still at the bottom of your deck so you're going to dredge the same uh two of the same three cards
1: so this is uh I like this a lot. I mean, flavor-wise, it's also fantastic. Um, I've talked about Man's Academy uh, being great flavor-wise, uh, and I think that this set so far, um, I- I'm not going to say it's going to match Man's Academy for me, but I-, I do like the fact that whenever you have a keyword that really fits into the theme of the expansion, because let's face it, Hearthstone is a pretty fun, wacky, just out there kind of thing with lots of inside jokes uh and that adds to the appeal of it so I, I i like how they i guess finally found uh a way to make scry flavorfully appear in um in an expansion although I, i'm sure there were opportunities before but th- this is just long overdue
0: mm-hmm. and this is a mechanic that uh, i don't know if it's going to become evergreen but as a good good chance of becoming evergreen um, like like trainable kind of is already. Um, it's one of those like TCG staples, uh, and why it's so beloved by the community uh, in general is it's a way to reduce randomness. So the best part about Discover isn't that you get a random card, is that you get to make a choice. And the worst part about Discover is that those are random choices. So you're increasing randomness. You're making it harder to balance. Blah 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 blah. Here, you're just looking at your own cards. So there is a reduction of the element of drawing luck, of RNG and draw. You've reduced it. So for the three cards, you're knowing one that you're going to draw next. That significantly reduces the randomness and you haven't added any additional RNG into the game to counteract that. So this is just a, it is one of those mechanics that is a godsend for skillful players. Like, this is going to increase significantly your win rate uh, if you are a skilled player versus if you are a lesser skilled player, you know, after you get used to the mechanic and the meta and all that. Uh, Assuming dredge cards are even okay in the arena and we know that they're okay in the arena because we see these neutral cards tuscar trawler it's a croc with an additional dredge ability it's like sightless watcher those are totally fine cards to pick in the arena you're not going to want to take them over the actual busted cards that you're going to see quite frequently nowadays but they're they'll, they'll be in there you'll, you'll have them in your deck and excavation specialist is a totally on curve four drop that not only dredges but also reduces the cost of the dredged up card by one so And remember, you can select a dredged up card. So you can select a six drop that you can play on turn five. Right? You can even improve your curve with this. Um Now you have to magically in your bottom three cards get a six drop. Of which you probably have one or two of in your whole deck. But, you know, it can happen. Um And these are... So it makes it an even better card. And so these these cards have places. We already know that they're neutral and they're everywhere. And so they have places in your deck. They're not the most amazing cards in this game. They will not be your first picks, but you'll see them a couple times if you're just drafting normally, and that increases the overall skill in the game the same way tradable does. All
1: right, so I already see people uh, asking about this, and it's a very fair question. It's like, oh, uh, how does Dredge work with (laughs) shuffling? Um, Because this is something that... uh, i i brought up the example right it's like oh i dredge and i take the uh on curve tempo five drop instead of the let's say rune of the archmage right mm-hmm. um and can i get rune of the archmage again if i dredge and nothing weird has happened as a no shuffling effects uh like on turn seven and the answer is as of right now, from the community, what what we understand, and unless something changes, and I hate that I have to say all of this... Yeah, this is the textual,
0: literal interpretation.
1: Yes. Um, that rune of the Archmage will still be there after the mm-hmm. first dredge. You have not changed the order. Bringing a card to the top or inserting a card to the bottom does not shuffle it. If the card says shuffle, then mm-hmm. you do shuffle. Everything is topsy-turvy and everything gets messed up. Um but if you're placing things in a certain order and then you're doing other stuff, that's fine. So for example, um if you're dredging, if you're playing like a lore keeper pole kelt right? Remember that it orders your deck in a very specific mm-hmm. way uh from biggest to smallest and then you can so it does that. You can dredge and then you can bring stuff up. You can put stuff on the bottom. But if a card shuffles then all of that order is shuffled so mm-hmm. uh there are certain cards that shuffle and mm-hmm. that messes up all the orders but from our current understanding uh dredge doesn't mess up whatever order it was there before so if there is a rune of the archmage at in the bottom three of your deck you bring up another card and um assuming that nothing else like happens if you dredge again that rune of the archmage should still be there
0: yep um, and that's why i said it's uh i didn't really i didn't even think about this um before uh you made that comment uh, about double dredging uh so i thought it was like basically the same as scry but that is like functionally different than scry even without the synergies that put stuff on the bottom of your deck or whatever Because you could very easily play two dredge cards over the course of the game. And the bottom of your deck is probably not going to change. So the second time you play dredge, you're going to see two of the cards that you rejected and one more card. So you will know a lot of information already, right? You will know the two cards at the bottom of your deck already after you dredge first. You know a
1: lot of information. And it's even... I mean, the the chances of this in Arena uh, being relevant is so astronomically small but you also know that yeah well unless there's cars that burn cars from the bottom of your deck which there may be right like uh there could be like a ocean floor scraper kind of (laughs) neck thing i i don't know right like it could definitely be a thing um but right now for example we have a lot of cars that uh either steal or burn or swap or do something to the very top of your deck um, and you know, for example, if you have a rune on the bottom and you definitely don't want that burned or stolen or whatever, um, it's quote safe, at least for now, uh, at the bottom of your deck, barring cars that come out that specifically target that thing extra considerations here and there. Uh, but yeah, it's what makes dredge a very interesting thing flavor wise, um, it gives it a little bit of extra spice and a little bit of extra kick on top of the scry that we know from mtg
0: mm-hmm. okay uh so those are the two mechanics uh the naga mechanic and the dredge mechanic that you'll see everywhere because they are on neutral commons um and decent neutral commons to good neutral commons just from what we've seen and they may be on a broken neutral common we don't know we haven't seen it yet though uh The third mechanic... There's three mechanics in this set. The third mechanic that is being released so far is only on legendaries. So we don't have to be too scared of them. Except that it's a ridiculous mechanic and all the cards that we've seen with it. And it's going to create 18 more Yseras in the arena. But uh, why why don't you introduce that one?
1: Yeah. Okay, we have... colossus (laughs) colossal cards the colossal keyword basically means whenever you play this card that has the colossal keyword um, it comes with extra bodies or appendages whatever that synergize with the main body that you played in various ways and you just have to talk about some of these because they are very 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 different let's talk about a simple one and this one was introduced first uh and for good reason it's kind of easy to understand um we can talk about the druid one so uh this is a druid legendary seven mana six five beast with colossal plus one now you're gonna see colossal plus one colossal plus two whatever the number after the colossal just means how many extra bodies are added and the bodies are going to be different um and uh, it says immune while you control Colax, uh, Shell. So the this name card's is name is Colax. Yeah, and it's a beast. Uh, and then Colax Shell uh, is a zero. Uh, it's a five mana, zero eight beast. It's also but you don't have to pay the
0: mana. Keep in mind,
1: right? You don't have to pay the mana. Um, with Taunt and Death Rattle, gain eight armor. So. You gotta get through this giant <laughs> eight health shell uh, that also just like gains them uh, armor, like even if it dies. But if you're not able to kill it, uh, that big six attack body is immune and just gets to attack uh, and, and trade off for free. So really, really powerful. Like, really, really powerful. And this is one of the ones in which, if you look at it, you're just like, okay, this is kind of like. You know, for a legendary for 2022, this is fine. This is fair. You know, but in that sort of this is fine while you're, you know, sitting there in the middle of the fire, kind of like, oh, this is fine kind of things.
0: Um, like, we've seen better legendaries. Yeah.
1: But this isn't bad. <laughs> this is, this is, this
0: quite... is still like really good. I don't know if it's going to be S tier or, you know, I don't know. I think it's going to be at least S tier. It's probably going to be S tier. Uh, but it's not like, S plus plus tier, what's going on? You know, it's not even like S plus tier, probably. I don't know, I haven't done the map.
1: Right. Um, and then you have uh, <laughs> also cards like Gigafin, for example. Uh, Gigafin is a giant Murloc for Warlocks. because uh, I don't know. They've kept on trying to make uh, Warlock or Murloc Warlocks a thing. I have no idea. It's a 8 mana 7-4 colossal plus one battle cry devour all enemy minions so you just eat all of them uh which it's like a twisting nether you you eat all of them death rattle single-sided yeah (laughs) single-sided so you can keep the temple on your side and keep going face death rattle spit them back out uh and the colossal uh aspect the colossal plus one aspect spawns um gigafin's maul it's a six mana four seven taunt that's also a murloc rattle permanently destroy all minions inside gigafin so uh easy right all you gotta do once they twisting nether you is to have a spell in hand just always have four damage on hand by the way it can't be a rush or like you need a lot of rush <laughs> you need a lot of rush because you got to break through this uh uh, like, oh wait, you can't, because then you it can't, destroys all you minions. You can't, It oh, destroys okay. all of your Sorry. minions. Uh, just have, um, just have four damage. Just you have, have four, damage. four damage, right? Who doesn't... Or like it... an
0: assassinate.
1: Or just, or just use an assassinate on that. This is just like the, uh, the Diablo Immortal panel. It's like, don't you guys have phones? Like, don't you guys have four damage? Uh, it's okay. You always have four damage. So it's fine. But, yes. You can see now that these colossal cards are just super tempo first of all like a ridiculous amount of tempo Mm -hmm. um and if you know arena in 2022 as well yes you know you can definitely play mid-range you can definitely try to get some face damage in but if people are playing correctly which of course some people aren't but if you're playing correctly uh you can get to the later turns and man the swings just just keep coming uh the and we're, for example, Gigafin is just one of the biggest swings you can ever encounter, period. Um, and even in the worst case scenario, it is an 8 mana, 4-7 taunt that casts a Frost Nova and forces the opponent to use a card and whatever mana it costs to deal at least 4 damage. That's still pretty good. Like, like, think about
0: it, like, just even in terms of like a Deathwing, right? Which is like a 12 12. So, a 4 7 and a 7 4 put together is kind of like an 11 11. Um, it only clears one side of the board, not both sides of the board, and you don't have to discard any cards, and it's two mana's cheaper. Like, mm-hmm. it's a pretty big power creep on Deathwing, the new Deathwing, that is already one of the best cards in the arena. Um, like, one of the best cards, legendary or non legendary, in the arena. So, it's, it's quite insane. Uh, it does have this slight weakness where if you do, if you are able to remove it, especially if you're able to remove it efficiently by dealing four direct damage, it's not all that big of a monster, but. That's going to be tough, especially for some classes. For some classes, you're almost guaranteed to to not be afraid of it, right? Like, they have to be holding the new Naga in their hand and, like, an Elven Archer. And then you're like, oh, maybe you could deal four direct damage. Otherwise, like, they got to do some kind of combo to get the damage on you.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, look, these Colossal Minions are really, really ridiculously strong. And some of them are a little bit more conditional um and, and and that's that's fine but man uh i don't love the introduction of these colossal minions on top of all of the dragons that we've gotten you know like raid boss and nixia and everything uh it's just sort of like giant like swings back and forth um do you have more swings than your opponent it, it it's hard to predict you can't really play around this stuff uh because lots of times people have cars that are capable of four for one five for one and it you can't really play uh that value game uh and, and rely upon it
0: hmm yeah um like they're all like this by the way i see a comment in chat that's like oh only the druid and warlock ones are great i'm like what they're all like pretty amazing like, I just take, uh, the warrior one, which doesn't look, that's probably one of the weaker ones, but it's, one it's of the weaker uh, ones, definitely. it's one of the weaker ones. And like you can just hear how powerful it is. This is one of the weaker ones. It's a uh, seven mana, five, five, colossal, uh, battle cry, discover three pirates to crew Nelly's ship. Uh, so you, you have three, three pirates. Um, and then the, the colossal thing that it summons is a two six taunt, which is, I guess these days it would be the equivalent of like a 3.5 drop by itself um with a death rattle add Nelly's pirate crew to your hand they cost 1 mana so you have a effectively on curve minion that has a taunt and then you're going to get a big tempo boost as well as a bunch of extra tempo whenever your pirate ship dies right look like is this like a, a S plus tier card that's going to totally win you the game probably not but this is not a like average legendary this is a significantly above this is a good legendary card even by today's standards yeah even by today's standards it's a it's a
1: really <sighs> good legendary uh, it just goes to show the power i mean like you know for comparing this <laughs> with like the gigafin right yeah, like yeah right. G- give me the gigafin <laughs> now of course is nelly the great thresher good yeah, it's great. And uh, we, we also just might see brokenly good pirates for oh, a yeah. uh, Warrior. We don't we, know yet. We don't know yet. Uh, I do know there's some pretty bad pirates. And on average, uh, pirates aren't great. Um, th- they also introduce like a couple of like amalgam kind of things that like aren't like they're small. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, like um, with the uh, with Nelly uh you, you also don't get like a huge amount of burst tempo on the turn that you play you get it on yeah. the next turn uh yeah. and in the late game i don't you know there, a lot of crazy things can happen so yeah that it's still great it's still really really uh game winningly good uh, a decent amount of times but we're just kind of used to seeing raid boss onyxia you're just used to seeing um you know, now something like Gigafin. I'm just like, oh, Nelly, you're you're just really, really good. And in 2022, I don't know if that swings it as a big bomb legendary card.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the Colossal Mechanic, which I, I'm I'm kind of upset that they're so good. I understand why they're so good, because they're legendary. You want them to be constructive, viable. And this is what you have to do for things to be constructive, viable. But in the arena, Colossus could be so interesting as a keyword. You just can't make the cards that good. Like, if Colossal was not a legendary-only keyword, and there were, like, neutral commons that were Colossal, you'd have very interesting mechanics that create interesting ways to, like, interact with stuff. Right, because uh, Arena is all on the board for the most part, and here you have connected pieces that are on the board that basically come with pre-built synergies, which is one of those things that Arena is is generally missing, because you can't synergize as much in Arena. So, uh, it, like I see how the balance design had to be that way for the Legendaries, but I think if you're looking at it from a pure Arena or just limited perspective... Uh, the colossal keyword is a big miss if uh, um, missed opportunity if uh, and I don't think they will um, like have it in in the neutral normal kind of setting with less ridiculous effects yep
1: um I I I hate the fact that legendaries are a huge part of arena now Uh, if you guys look at the entire history of arena legendaries really weren't a thing and uh for m- the vast majority of the years when we did our tier list and we did our evaluations back when we still did it um we didn't really focus on legendaries and then of course once we got to legendaries people would be like oh we think you scored this wrong we're like i don't really care we yeah. did, took like 30 seconds on it uh that's not really what it's about uh, but legendaries are what hearthstone arena is about nowadays um just the n- number of ways that you generate it just the sheer power of it, it, it like this is also why like night captain is kind of okay <laughs> because uh what's a night captain to a raid boss anixia right whatever you gain from that or, or even what's a night captain to a an easily discovered twin tyrant and then mm-hmm. into a, a a discovered ysera into um an Alexstraza, straza uh ray boss anyxia all of that stuff so um yeah that that's sort of where we're at here and uh, man I, I i don't like that because these legendaries are uh they feel legendary and i understand you have to make it such that these cards are in consideration at least in blizzard's eyes for constructed so they have to be really flavorful extraordinarily good and because i'm i don't see any like synergy or yeah i there probably is synergy here but they're just good on their own and that's a scary thing and that's what's happening to like all legendaries now almost 100 percent of legendaries created now are at the very least pretty good in arena if not brokenly good whereas if you looked at expansions many years ago I would say a good like 70 80 percent of those legendaries were just okay to bad and then you, you would just think well there aren't that many ways to discover anyways and the rest of like the 15 20 percent could be good to great every once in a while you get like a godfrey right? and then you'll be like oh man godfrey is like so good but i don't think anybody was reading like oh man godfrey is breaking the meta because there was only one godfrey a lot of the other legendaries are crap you couldn't really find a lot of ways to discover it but now it's completely the opposite all legendaries are really good and you have a million ways to get them in- into your hand even if you didn't draft it
0: mm-hmm yep um, and in case you think this is just going to be a very Legendary-focused uh, meta, uh, I want to I talk about a card. I looked at all the cards, some of them are really good, some of them are whatever, but there's definitely a power creep going on, and I think this card just illustrates it pretty well, um, on the class card side. Uh, and it is... Uh, just, I just want to point it out, just because this card is going to be ridiculous, no matter what the rest of the cards that are released are. It's Miracle Growth, it is a Druid card, it is, uh, seven mana, and it's a nature card. It says, draw three cards, summon a plant with taunt, and stats equal to your hand size. So, you know, draw three cards used to be five mana, um, now, nah, nah, uh, uh, so for two more mana... You get a eight, eight, nine, 9. Like this card is is a pro tempo card. If you are not just throwing your cards around, if you are playing cards that generate other cards, a lot of cards now generate other cards uh, into your hand. It's not a weird thing, um, especially if you have some some Rams around or whatever. Um, you're just playing a over tempo card. Sure, it's on turn seven, but you're playing an over tempo card, and you're getting three more cards added to your hand. It's one of those things where. It's, it, I, I, I I don't know. Um, I don't know how the math worked on this one for them. I mean, okay, Blizzard has already said they don't do math. Uh, so I guess in testing, this is what was needed for this card to be remotely playable uh, in, in a Druid deck. But as these things get crazier, it gets crazier in Arena. It's like, how does Spawn of Deathwing even exist, right? Right. How do you uh, get a over tempo card that has a deadly shot attached to it, and all you got to do is discard one card? Discarding one card used to be the equivalent of like gaining a mana, and here it became the equivalent of like gaining four mana. Um, how does that happen? Like, well, in constructed it was okay. Oh, and it's a dragon. Uh, so here, like, how much mana would this normally be? You've gained like six more mana than you should be able to gain. Like, I don't know. Um, it's... It's it's gonna be ridiculous. And it's, it's not the only one. It's just the most blatantly ridiculous one um, that, that popped up. Of the, like, 35 cards that they revealed so far. Uh, of, of which only, like, 20... are, are like, 22 are, like, non-legendaries. Uh, and this one's common, by the way. Uh, so... Yeah. yeah.
1: Um this is going to be rough and if we still have the epic offering rate bug which once again has been acknowledged just in a short tweet uh by blizzard as a bug as in they're looking mm-hmm. into it um i don't expect any changes before the expansion comes out we're so we, we probably
0: we're, have. we're hoping for changes when the expansion comes out because there may not be changes even when the expansion comes out
1: yeah um it's going to be potentially problematic because what happens with epic cards uh and blizzard has kind of been leaning into this some of the biggest swing cards are epic um and you can look at it historically with cards like bgh right and now bgh is everywhere because of the epic bug um but you also look at stuff like rune of the archmage right rolling fireball like they like to put these kinds of things at epic and, and i make sense it makes sense and i imagine they'll keep doing that one card i want to point out at, as potentially problematic and we will see what the set is what the other cards are but man i don't love this uh is the garden's grace in paladin it is a <laughs> oh, 10, yeah <laughs> 10 mana holy spell so you're you know like first your thing is like oh 10 mana uh 10 mana holy spell epic Give a minion plus five, plus five, and divine shield. Costs one less for each mana you've spent on holy spells this game. Okay, for those of you guys who do math, here's what it's happens. Free. After, first of all, there's tons of holy spells that, as Paladin, you want to play. Just from the latest expansions, I, I you know, like, maybe they'll get rid of, like, blessing of kings or something if they keep it in what there's just so many holy spells that you're going to probably want to cast as paladin the rule with this card is such that if you have two of these in your deck if you have three like you know let's say you use the uh Vicar to discover right you're discovering holy spells the Vakar can help you discover this it can also help discover other holy spells to help you with this after you play the first of this card the second one is always free that's just how math works so let's say you get the first one of these cards down to five mana on turn five if you have two of these in your hand you play two of them so if you have two bodies on five mana you are able to to give both of your minions plus five plus five and divine shield or just one thing plus ten plus ten and divine shield you wasted divine shield boo freaking who um this can get toxic pretty fast. You know, this is one of those cards in which it's like, things are fine, things are fine, things are mm-hmm. totally not fine. And it, it's one in which, like, man, the epic offering bug really affects this card a ton. Like, if you have this card being passively drafted while at the same time being discovered by uh, the, the car. And potentially discovered by other ways. I don't know what expansions are in or 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 whatever. Um you're gonna pretty soon get to just zero mana plus five plus five divine shield and then still have the rest of your mana to tempo in a tempo-oriented class that can be very aggressive. So Yeah. um, Yeah, it's it's scary, man. And and it's why like people don't like mages right now. It's because they have ways to generate uh rolling fireball and of the archmage and all and you know primordial glyph and they also get to draft it right because of all of that stuff so um i don't know how the core set is going to look i don't know how the offering race are going to look or how the expansion is going to work i will say that i hope that the epic offering bug is addressed in some ways because with the way that these epic cards have been created with what i'm seeing right now just from that paladin card um i am definitely worried about what could happen because this is what epic cards do this is what blizzard has stated they want to do with their epic cards and that's fine when or it's more fine when the epic cards have the typical reduced offering rate but when you have it like this uh, we've already seen what happens with Mage when they have so many Rune of the Arc Mages and so many of of Rolling Fireballs. Um, same thing can happen to Paladin with this ten mana spell that very quickly just gets to zero mana.
0: Yeah. So this is the the worst part about the Garden's uh, Grace is that it is super inconsistent, right? Yeah. Um the the whole Naga problem that I was talking about earlier which is what makes Naga more problematic even though it's not going to be as good as let's say a night captain that is more consistent um the problematic part is that you're just adding more RNG on top of RNG you can get this out on turn five, not a you know terribly low percentage of times, and then like for free basically, uh, or or even just for like five mana or whatever, and kind of run away with with the game, or get it out for zero mana on turn like six or seven or whatever, right? Still enough for you to just run run away with the game if this costs one or zero mana, uh, or it could be like a legit ten mana card that is terrible. Totally, yeah, it, uh, it could so, be.
1: Yeah, it could be like that. Or it could be like, uh, on turn 10, this costs, like, 7 mana or something. Right, right? You right. Draw and it's still a terrible,
0: terrible card. card. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, it's a 5-5 five, five and a Divine Shield. Like, it's just, it's, it's not a good card on, on 10. Uh, so depending on what the offering rates are, and what's actually, what cards are actual holy cards, right? And things that generate holy cards are actually in the game. This card may not even be good. Like, this card may not be rated a C, even it's probably gonna be rated higher than a c um but it's really hard to tell i mean it's literally impossible to tell right now because I, as of right now I'm we have no idea in, and we don't know what yeah. the core set is and we, we don't, don't know, know what the rest of this is but it's entirely possible that this card is not good um if it if there's no i can't imagine that they would print this card in a set that doesn't have some holy spells so i imagine this card is going to end up even in the arena not being unplayable like, at worst, it's going to be like a D plus C kind of like tier card around where Yeti is. Uh, and from that point on, depending on how much the offering rates are, what cards are in the meta, it can go up. Uh, it can go up to, you know, as potentially like an A tier card or, or, or something. But wherever it is, it's going to be a draftable card and it's going to be a draftable card that will win you games now and then without your opponent being able to do anything, not evolving any skill on your part or your opponent's part. And this is not the only card like this, right? There's plenty of cards like this in the game and you're just adding one more prominent ones to it. Like a card that wins the game by itself when certain conditions outside of everybody's control triggers. That's one more nonsense game, right? So the percentage of games determined by skill just keeps going down and down and down, and this card is just flat out toxic. Like it doesn't have to be an S tier card to be toxic, right? We we go over this all the time. It's the it's the volatility of the card and how much of that volatility is controllable.
1: Right. Okay. So I don't want people to focus on the because what Addict said about it, it's like oh sometimes you'll be able to play on turn. Don't focus on that because I see people focusing on that in chat and that that shouldn't be what you're focusing on um the toxic aspect of it is just the second one is always free unless you did something weird and yeah yeah you can give me examples in which something weird happened and then uh the reduction is not like the the true reduction that i'm thinking about um but no like does it matter that you can only play it let's say on turn seven and the first one costs like four mana and the second one is free no i don't think it should i don't think that getting uh, a split 10 10 double divine shield for like three or four mana on turn I seven mean, is it's still gonna be
0: really hard to get two of these even with the no, no, no. Bug. It like is, how many it's... times do you have like two spammies yeah. in your like deck
1: well much less in your hand once again uh there are like there is a Vakar right (laughs) uh you you do have ways to like we have a card in the latest expansion that discovers holy spells and Mm -hmm. this is like a holy spell right Right, right, so it's not outrageous And, and and this is why i'm saying like if you have the stupid epic offering bug and you have one already in your deck there are ways to discover it like that that's why there are so many of these epic things out there like yeah like just think about spammy first of all right and nobody's generating spammies either people are only drafting those and then if you have ways to generate it this is why mages have so many stupid runes and uh, so many stupid rolling fireballs so that's the uh that's the thing i hate about it like I totally agree. Like this is not a consistent card. <laughs> if this becomes a consistent card, we are gonna have issues. We are we are gonna have some major issues. So I I hope, and I don't. I certainly don't expect this to be a consistent card. But the problem is that the swing is so big. It is so astronomically big, and the second card is just stupid. Like. Um, if slash when you get the second one, a free five-five divine shield uh, worth of tempo is absolutely backbreaking in many scenarios. Like and yeah, we can talk about it. it's like oh, all these legendaries are so good as well. And ever, but just look at the the meta right now. Like these things still matter. We we don't want to get caught up and be like oh, Gigafin always happens. Um, <laughs> all of these colossal minions always happen. RBO always happens. It happens, but it doesn't always happen.
0: Yep. Um, and you see the current meta, right? We don't know what the rotation is in the next one. It's going to be better than this rotation. It's like, well, I saw the rotation, right? You guys, you guys heard us. Have you listened to Lifeforge podcast or even just saw the preview? We knew this was going to be a shit show and it's going to be one of the worst metas. Um, just nothing Blizzard can do about it. They picked these sets to come in the arena and that's it. Uh, so the next meta is going to be better uh, outside of class balance because, uh, that's a different story. But the overall feel of the meta outside of class balance is going to be better because there will be more consistency. You cannot pick worse sets than what happened in the last sets. I mean, you can, but it would be like very low chance that they're going to pick worse sets. Um, but whether the the sets are good or bad especially if they're on the bad side even if they're not as bad as this current one you're going to have a lot of games still not as much as in this meta but still a lot of games that you have the same problem that you have in this meta where you have a whatever deck and you face a bunch of whatever decks and you end up with like five six wins even though your deck totally sucks because you're only facing other decks that sucks or other decks that are good but only because of one or two really good legendaries like these Colossals, and they don't draw them, right? So then the deck that you see that they have is is pretty crappy, um, and that's going to you know again add to the volatility. And so all of this stuff matters because whether they have the uh, colossal or the other ridiculous legendaries or not, adding a ridiculous, adding a singular ridiculous legendary into your deck just increases the volatility of your deck performance. Um. And and that means all the other cards actually matter more, if that's what the whole meta is doing. So it's a lot of ifs uh, because we right now only, literally we right now only know 35 cards that's going to be in the next meta. We don't know which rotations are in, we don't know which core cards are staying or going, so we only know these 35 cards. So it's really hard to meta predict at this point, but some of these cards are, are clearly problematic. Uh, we had the same feeling For the previous uh, major set. For Alteric. Just because it was a ridiculous power creep at the time. This one. I feel like so far from what we've seen. It's not so much uh, even larger power creep. It's really just what we thought would happen. They're going to match Alteric. Just like they've always matched the winter set. In the spring. This is the new power level. If the winter set increases power levels. The spring set has always matched it. With one exception. It was... Whenever Abyssal Enforcer was released, the sets afterwards actually uh, were were less ridiculous. I'm either getting this backwards or forwards. Abyssal was either the one that broke the series of underpowered sets or it was the one that preceded the series of underpowered sets. But that happened once in Hearthstone history. In every other instance, the spring set and the whole year afterwards matched the power level of the winter set from the year before. Um, so this is just what we expect. And um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just hoping that they put all the powerful sets in. Because this last meta was was not fun. This is like a prime example of what happens when you try to do a truly wild uh, arena with no advanced offering rate meddling. Uh, and you just have terrible cards that you have to pick next to really insanely good cards.
1: Worgen Greaser. Worgen Greaser is a great example. Um <sighs> Just perfect fuel for <laughs> even the troll bat riders, which right now are just like, okay, cool. That, that's a fine card. We're not even talking about the Night captains. Like just the troll bat riders, they they die to those. That oh, man, th- that, those are sad situations.
0: I have lost to so many troll bat riders. They're so good. many. Not uh, not you know, because I had a and greaser. Just because like they they're surprisingly good in this meta.
1: They're good. They, they they do work. They do a ton of work. Uh so that's fine. No so right, no shame working greaser to completely getting dominated by <laughs> that card, but still a little bit of shame. We have Just, a lot to go, guys. A lot of mm-hmm. cards. We still have the core reveal. No need to panic right now because there's nothing to panic about. If you no. guys are already worried and complaining right now, you're hopeless. I, I don't know what to say. Uh there's absolutely nothing there i have stated the things that i am a little bit worried about and i'm hoping that these are things that we can keep an eye on that will be resolved uh, by us knowing more cards knowing what the core set is knowing what the rotation is but yes we just wait and if you don't want to play the current arena that's fine it's not your job you look at all these streamers and for some of them that is their job they have to play it you don't just go do something else for now go and then go watch the streamers and laugh at their faces right that's what you can do go 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 find something else for now go play i don't know like uh son is playing slay the spire right now i think some other people are playing Elden ring go go do that for a while okay
0: i've uh i've uh started playing triangle strategy on the switch the story is pretty good the the mechanics themselves and the strategy part of it is a little underwhelming. But I'm not that deep into it. Uh, so maybe it gets significantly more strategic and complex. But otherwise, the story is pretty good. Yep. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah. Uh, that's it for, for this episode. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the Patreons. Patreon.com slash grinninggoat. Thank you guys so much for all of your support. And we will continue talking about uh, Voyage to the Sunken City from here on out. Because there's not much to talk about in the current meta. It's not changing. We're going to play Priest after this uh, for the Arena Coop. Um, and this is if you just listen to Life Force, you don't watch the Arena Coop, uh, you should go watch the previous Arena Coop that we just wrapped up. Uh, it was totally ridiculous. And uh, I think its uh, it was a good time. Um So check that out. Um, It's the one prior to this one. We were Paladin, I think, right? Yeah, we were Paladin. Uh, This one, we're going to be Priest. I have not, obviously we haven't done it yet, but I have played exactly one Priest in this meta. And just that one run where I met against nothing particularly weird. I just wanted to quit this whole entire game. I I feel like Warrior in this meta is still so much more fun to play than Priest, even though Warrior has a much lower win rate. Priest is just painful. Not just terrible, but also painful. But we're going to do it because we don't get a choice for the most part. Uh, And definitely not this part because we just haven't played Priest in a long time. So, All right. right. Anyway, enough rambling. See you guys next week. Have a good night. And uh, until next time, this is out. This
1: is Murps. Bye.
0: Enjoying the light forge?